my name and money's my king. Preach on, Pinky, preach on. Choose money or my honey, shit. And you can pull out my groin, but give me that coin. Hey, I'd rather be dead than not have any bread. You know, Pinky's mama didn't raise no fool now. And this is a personal journey through the texts of my youth with an old friend from a different stage of my life and a re-evaluation of these texts for their merit and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other things and a re-evaluation of a lot of other things, as we will see with this episode. Uh, I'm happy that everybody's back. Uh, before I get to today's episode, I do quickly want to mention some of the other great shows here on the Plum Network. Keep an eye out for that uh, change in the logo, hopefully soon. Um, uh, including uh, one of the shows that I'm on, Gideon Guys, with my friend Johnny Hedgepeth. We've been reviewing uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, the season one. Uh, I'm... Seeing it for the first time, uh, Johnny's an old fan. Uh, uh, the last episode was episode 11 of season one, and it's the best episode of the season by far. Uh, I also, uh, I think our our episode of the podcast is another great one, so I recommend checking that out. The other thing I do for Plum lately is uh, Mystery Titan Theater, which you can see on YouTube. It's a live watch with uh, of uh, old WWF cards that, uh, that I do with, uh, the aforementioned Johnny Hedgepeth and the Plum head honcho uh, Kelly Nelson. You can see those on YouTube. It's called Mystery Titans Theater. We're doing volume two. We are continuing our New York uh, trilogy again this Saturday. Aside from that, there's a lot of other great podcasts here on the Plum Network. Keep an eye out for that. So, today we are going to continue our look at the medium of film. But this time we are entering the genre of black exploitation, a genre that I admittedly do not have a ton of experience with and haven't seen a ton of films in that genre. But I can tell you that there is a film from that genre that I have a deep and profound affection for. And that film is called Black Belt Jones. Um, and I can tell a lot of you right now are kind of going like, whoa, whoa, Trev, easy, easy, buddy. Hold up, hold up. Maybe you should, uh, hold off on, the, on, uh, this particular genre at this particular time in human history. And yeah, hey, I had, you don't think we had this conversation? Me and my guest who we're going to meet here, uh, here shortly, uh, we did. And then we kind of thought, no, why not? Because we should be, you know not only kind of reevaluating and as i've said in previous episodes having some level of introspection about the way we look at things um i think there's a way that we can celebrate this this film uh and i think when you hear this uh, interview with my old friend from high school in calgary alberta canada we went to john diefenbaker high school um colin lau uh 
I think uh, you'll see that uh, we got some interesting things to talk about involving this film and the way we used to think about this film and the way we see this film now. And uh, the way this the people who worked in this film um, have gone on to great careers and in a way that that uh, you know made this this experience um, much more enriching and much more of a positive experience that, than I thought it would be. Um, I know that sounds crazy to when you hear me <laughs> saying this about a movie that is is a follow-up to uh, from the director uh, from Enter the Dragon, Robert Klaus. This is his follow-up film called Black Bell Jones with uh, one of the uh, breakout stars from Enter the Dragon, who is Jim Kelly, former athlete, and, uh, you know, a lot of other moving parts that we're going to get into that really create something that I think it really is a hidden gem. Uh, aside from all these other things that we're going to learn about ourselves <laughs> and and the film itself. Uh, so uh, I really, really hope you enjoy this. And I really, really hope uh, you get a chance to watch this film that we are about to talk about. This is Black Belt Jones with the hilarious and awesome Colin Lau on Yours, Mine, and the Truth. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to Yours, Mine, and the Truth. We are sticking with uh, the film medium and going back to a genre that I, I I don't have a lot of experience with, but one that that I definitely have a favorite uh, in, and this is it. It's a film called Black Belt Jones, and I'm I am really excited to be joined by uh, a friend who. Colin, uh, Colin Lau, everybody, artist, a creator, creator of uh, Jeremy the Bear. Like we, Ugh, should, we should, we should mention no. that. That's that's significant. Not really. <laughs> I haven't done it in like oh, ten years. But co-creator? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, Steve Ditko hasn't drawn Spider-Man for fifty years, but he's still a co-creator. I, I <laughs> he's guess. Not doing any drawing anymore? Right? Exactly. 
I've drawn some sailboats and some bugs as per requested by little people. Nice. Well done, buddy. Oh, you work in the little people community? That's nice. That's very good. Anyways, uh, uh, old friend, I've known him. And I was going to say, Carl, I, I, like, when's the last time you think you and I have had an extended conversation? 15 well, years ago? I, well, I wouldn't say extended. And I, I don't want to sound petty, but I think uh, last time we chatted on the phone was I, I did a drawing of a cat for yes. your lady. Yes. Yes, yeah, a fine, a fine drawing of yeah. uh, uh, Samson, Samson with a uh, quachi. Right, and I, and I think there was some sort of payment uh, plan. Oh but, shit! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! You're, oh my god! Well, right, I, but you know, it's okay. It's not like I remember anything. <laughs> oh my god! That's more than 15 years ago. We have talked since then. That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> Springs yeah. it on me on air, man. Wow. Well, right, you right. know, we'll but no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I got exposure, right? Yes. That's what artists work for. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so that's, a, that's great. Uh, so Colin, uh, yeah, you graduated two years after me, right? 1997. Yes. So I graduated in 95. We kind of really hit it off on the set of uh, Tom Sawyer. Uh, yep. Uh, Fair to middling. Yes. <laughs> at best. At best. <laughs> uh, nice sets. The sets are nice. I mean, some good... Uh, I, I didn't mind that. Like, some of the performances were all right. Uh, but just, I, I ended up dating the girl that played a boy, so if that's any indication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, um, you know. That's right. Wow. Um, and then we were later in Fame. We had a performance of Fame. That uh, we are, we've been doing spring cleaning. My wife and I, uh, and, and I have the cassette that I might watch it one of these days. You like, sh you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. The, I think the highlight for probably us anyway was our uh, our leaving the main dance scene inconspicuously because we yes. didn't do the dancing. Yes. And then then coming on right at the end doing a, a Shawn Michaels and Diesel pose. To do that, to finish yeah. the pose and like, oh, I'm Shawn Michaels and you're Diesel behind me. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's us, man. And that's the best way to say like that, like that uh, sums up what our relationship. Uh, if you was. guys don't want to do the dancing, you're out of the dance scenes. <laughs> they were like, fine. Okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, mm. uh, so, yeah, so that's what the big thing we bonded over was uh, our uh, uh, love of wrestling. Uh, like you had uh, one of the, you have one of the best, what do you call that collection, uh, that uh, series of um, uh, action figures that were like more top heavy that you had a lot of? Um, oh, God, too many of them. Yeah, yeah, those were great. That was like the 90s era, that Macho King, and they kind of snapped the back. The Hasbro ones. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty great. Uh, yeah. I remember we had a lot of those. We loved Star Wars. We loved uh, we loved working on uh, mixtapes together. We'll talk about that later. Ooh. And uh, uh, you got me way into Peter Gabriel. Uh, I remember that. Um, I still to this day, I'm a big Peter Gabriel fan. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, and among mm -hmm. other things, but we oh yeah, we also do the biggest thing with us is uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater. I'd always uh, you you got the Boston Channel that I didn't get at my house. So I, and it would only be on at like one in the morning or something. I would come and visit you at like one in the morning. I'd sneak into your house. Why yeah? Why don't we talk about Hercules Unchained rather than <laughs> the sketchy seventies? Black exploitation film that would Palmer get in trouble for. Uh, so that's the thing too. I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, like you had mentioned that, uh, like in our 
in our in our discussions before this about like uh, you know and it's, it's a valid it's, God, Jesus, <laughs> a very valid point is is uh, is this is this the right time to be talking about uh, um, a black exploitation film um, and our, our appreciation as uh, like a couple of white guys but actually no I'm gonna say hey, that, uh, I one, your dad, one and your a dad half is Chinese your dad is one Chinese, and a half so that gives half me, white guys. yep yes so that gives me full reign I believe gives me full reign to use the n-word I'm not sure but, uh, but we'll find out afterwards, I guess. Uh, well, here, let me use my Chinese and do some math and see if your calculations are correct. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but no, so we loved this movie when we were teenagers. And that's the thing, too, is, like, it'll be interesting to look back at, like, whatever lens we had with it in that we were kind of, ha, 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 like, laughing from these, like, like dorky white kids from Calgary, white and a half mm-hmm. kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> white and a half is our new band name, by the way. <laughs> um, and uh, but also like just go back and watch like and see what stands up. Like it's not just seeing like, like what made us laugh here and what were we into, but um, it's it's like why were we into it and and why were we having these reactions and, and things like that. And for the most part, I feel really great. <laughs> yes. I, I, I mean, looking back at like, like, fuck, we were ignorant as fuck, right? As kids, but I feel really great. I mean, right now watching this film and I'm gonna get into it about looking uh, into what happened with so many of these actors and I mean, they're not all great stories, but there's a lot of really, really positive stories that came out and looking into this, uh, this cast and ensemble and the people involved with it. And a lot of really, really, really talented people who have gone on to great careers in uh, not just in film, but mm-hmm. in like the, like the, in activism and stuff like that. Jim Kelly's such a cool guy. Um, but uh, well, that's anything else you would like to add, uh, uh, Colin, before we dig, before we begin this deep dive? Uh, probably not. Maybe a few asterisks that we'll have to, uh, you know, footnote at the end saying, uh, doesn't really think of that way. Yes. Uh, or... <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, like, look, I, it's just a couple of, a, a couple of dweebazoids. Mm-hmm couple of dweebazoids kind of looking back and but i'd like to say like we're a couple of older dweebazoids now and if we're getting sure. older we should mm-hmm. be getting wiser in theory <laughs> so well, well wise enough that i probably won't show this movie to my children <laughs> uh yeah, yeah good point I, interesting uh and we'll get into that we'll get into that i, I don't know I, not my ch- when she's a child when she's older i'm sure she can handle it one second. My, mine won't be interested anyway. It's if it's not animated, forget it. Ah, interesting. Cool. All right. Well, let's do this then. This is uh, this is a film called Black Belt Jones, nineteen seventy four, mm-hmm. from uh, Warner Brothers, directed by Robert Klaus. His follow up film to Enter the Dragon, which I didn't know that until recently, <laughs> which is uh, insane. Like that's wild. So there must have. So there was money behind this. There definitely was money behind this. Not a ton of money, but well, in terms of, go ahead. Well, if you compare it to the other ones we tried afterwards, right? Like, oh, right. Ooh. That's the thing I wanted to talk about too. Is we weren't we weren't like like 
huge into this genre, but we watched Dolomite. We watched like uh, Foxy Brown. We watched Hot Shaft. Potato. Yeah, Hot Potato, which was the sequel to Blackout. And it's, uh, I remember just nowhere near as quotable. Trash. Yeah. And, and not, no, the, yeah, the nowhere near as memorable. Uh, nowhere near as, as great a cast as this one. Um, uh, mm. But uh, yeah, Robert Klaus. Um, so uh, like a guy who was like a, a, a hot commodity, hot property <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's a Norm MacDonald reference. Uh, Norm MacDonald doing Ed McMahon. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that's, how all, that's how all my impressions do as well. Like it's impressions of other people doing impressions. I have one friend who I, I do that joke with all the time because we are huge Norm MacDonald fans and he probably doesn't even listen to this podcast. So that's a joke for nobody. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, uh, directed by Robert Klaus, starring uh, uh, Jim Kelly, who was uh, uh, had a breakout performance in Enter the Dragon. Uh, also, Gloria Hendry, who we know from her at the time was like the first uh, black Bond girl from Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. And, uh, the great uh, Scatman Crothers from uh, Shining. Uh, was a voice in the Aristocats, uh, like it was a, like show up forever, like just a, an icon uh, in the black entertainment community at that time. And, you know, uh, several others that we're going to get to, but that one, uh, there's one uh, guy who I've really, like, wow, really cool to see what his career has become. And I, want, I, I know I'm not going to get his name right, uh, is Eric uh, Lanouvi, maybe, uh, L-A-N-E-U-V-I-L-L-E. Um, like, that's my French-Canadian interpretation. I know he's not French-Canadian. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we'll get to him as well. He played uh, Quincy. But and the, uh, it, a car- one actor, I think the standout performance in this film is an actor named Malik Carter, um, who is an enigma. Uh, as much as there's been like this, this great dig into and learning about what these people have done and where they came from and their connections to, there's a Calgary connection to this movie that blew my mind. Uh, uh, this, my favorite performance in this film. Uh, or in film completely. <laughs> yes, is, is, is like uh, hard to track down. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I think he's still alive. I don't even know what year he was born. I don't know how old he is. Well, if you image search, it's just a whole bunch of mugshots of another one. Yeah, uh, another I Malik know, Carter. Another story that that I think is really best if we do not touch at all. What are you, what are you talking uh, about? Two thousand twenty. It's yes, perfect. Yes. All right. So, Black Belt Jones opens with Congos and the classic w logo and and then uh that you remember from like those movies like the shining and and uh all the great 70s warner brothers uh uh films um we see a car pulling up to a mansion here an acoustic guitar and horns um uh, before we get any further here uh colin you are the only person i know who owns the black belt jones soundtrack on vinyl so right mm-hmm. away I want to ask you, do, does, do you know the, the, the name? That's what I'm going to be asking you throughout this. Uh, the, the, the tracks, the track listing and the names of the song. If you know the name of the song. I'm going to guess mm-hmm. that it's Mafia theme. <laughs> okay. Aptly titled. Theme? Are they all just th- something theme? Nope. Okay, nope. Good. There's one here. There's one here that's slightly different. <laughs> 
because <laughs> I know there's the theme for Black Belt Jones, which we will get to very shortly. And I know there's the love theme for Black Belt Jones. I found a, there is? I found a good recording of that online last night. Um, uh, so well, Scarp- wh- when, when we get to track number six on side one, it'll be, uh, it'll be something. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea when this is, though. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this car pulls up to a mansion, and right away, I, there are T-shirts on these guards. And I or so, a, or so, wine something. Yeah, I needed I, to make it. Yeah, I, I, dude, I want to make it. I want to make it, and then I, it's called Del Orso Vineyard. That's what it's Del Orso Vineyard. That's and it. it. Has a like a, a polar bear on it or something like. Well, Orso's bear, isn't it? Oh, is, oh, of course, must be a bear. Okay. Um, I want I want to I want to make a, a softball team with those that logo just numbers mm-hmm. on the back and the name of the team is Black Belt Jones. Yep, and they're and they're all terrible. Yeah, yeah, they all just like get beat up easily. <laughs> just fodder, cannon the, fodder. That'd be a good absolute, name. The absolute worst set of henchmen in the. <laughs> it's, so. Yeah. So, so it's like silent. There's this weird, after this really cool bit of music, there's like extended silence. Like it's a little too long. Um, as like this kind of Dan Castanella looking motherfucker has <laughs> walked in with two, these two mafia looking guys um, uh, who actors, who I did find stuff about. One guy is interesting in that, I don't even want to look up his name. I don't even really care that much. Is that he's had a so-so career, not a, as good is of it- a, uh, what's is, that? Is it is it the helmet hair one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who uh, has not had does not have the like I've found him on IMDb. He doesn't have the 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 like epic uh, uh, resume that some of these people have. But he has done something. It looks like he's paid something where his pictures get amplified in stuff that he's in. So if you go to Black Belt Jones on IMDb, his is the first picture who comes up. Like garbage, garbageio. Uh, yeah, well, um, good for him, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's just lame, man. Lame. Like he's in there a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. You get like seriously check it. Anyways, so but he has a great look. Him and the other uh, uh, mafia guy, who, as we will mention, has been has been dubbed over for the entire performance, with the expense, with the exception. <laughs> Of one line, which uh, go right ahead, pal. Hey, Kimpy. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the rest of it, he's just this really, really Italian voice of, hey, Mark is down to uh, what's the uh, to uh, yeah, not to twenty cents a bottle. The bastard shit his pants before he died. Yeah. <laughs> And that's his voice for the rest of the thing. But you can tell that Hey Gimpy was actually on set recording. That's the original <laughs> actor's voice. Uh, so this is after they've killed after they've killed this guy. And at this winery, they're running a, a you know a front of sorts where they they kill the guy, smash his watch, which is like was bugged. Uh, I noticed they thank Rolex in the uh, end credits here. So like I said, there was some money behind this film. Yeah, uh, fifty dollars for the Rolex. <laughs> uh, cut to. Uh, and so, so you can see that there's people who's been listening in on this, uh, this uh, guy who got murdered at the winery by these mafioso guys. And he says, 
locate black belt. Is that what he says? Yeah. And it cuts to a 70s TV studio. And, uh, and there's somebody talking to someone who's really important who we learned is a, a Latin ambassador. Uh, and like some sort of day and say, uh, tune in next week when we'll be joined by African dignitaries. Like that's this show. I don't know what this show is. Oh, we're, sorry, you, you skipped out there for a bit. So we're, we're at the scene where they're chatting. Is that yes. what you're, like the, the chat show? Where he's watching this chat show where it's uh, Latin ambassadors. Like that's right. what the show is. And the next upcoming show is uh, African dignitaries. Tune in next <laughs> week. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to figure out what this show was exactly. Well, they needed security. Yeah, they did need security for this Latin ambassador. One dude. Yeah, which is so black all you needed. He's watching from the from the audience, and as he walks out, he he heads out, and he notices a like a bunch of hoodlums in the uh, in the parking lot, just hiding. and and a and a range of races yep. of hoodlums yeah, too. That's nice, right? It is. Yeah, <laughs> they really kind of spread it out. Yeah. <laughs> so they are waiting to attack. Uh, this Latin ambassador before he comes out. We should mention that oh, this is still the like kind of prologue to the movie because all of a sudden Jones notices and it cuts to him jumping off the top of the car and the music that you heard at the start of this podcast hits and he just starts kicking ass. And this music, what's the name? What's the name of this uh, uh, coffee? What's the, uh, what's his first name? Composer. Coffee is what Dennis. Dennis. Dennis Coffee. Coffee. Wrote this. Oh man, and this guy's got a great uh, uh, Wikipedia page. Like he has done so much, um, and, and he's a pro, dude. Like I don't know, like if this was uh, early in his career or what, but uh, this is opens with this is the Black Belt Jones theme that it with the, you did with. you did you talk about the freeze frame. <laughs> Yes, a freeze frame. Every time you hit a freeze frame, it, it shows the, the name of the, of the movie or like the starring Jim Kelly. Uh, and it is so badass uh, and hilarious. And uh, yeah. but do, has any movie in history used the freeze frame at the beginning <laughs> like they did? Point. Yes, a good point. In the opening credits, I feel like in the 70s, it wouldn't be as, um, you know, unheard of um so it's just like it gets you it gets you like right in there it's uh gets you excited um so oh before we move on uh, with this fight scene i yes. do want to mention before i forget because it will yeah uh there's one scene where uh one of the one of the the thugs is sneaking up behind black belt yeah and it's right beside a, a police car yeah and and black belt just opens the police car door and he, yeah. and he walks through the window yeah. so two things why is that police car open? Why yeah. is it unlocked? Yeah. That's bad, bad yeah. policing, I think. Yep, agree. Because there's some, some stuff in there, especially if it's a neighborhood like this one. Uh, yeah, that's one of the big uh, critiques with black exploitation um, is that it's still as as progressive as it was. It often uh, presented these neighborhoods as being full of like these pimps and drug dealers and types and yada yada. But uh, but, yeah. but 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 good enough to film. Yes. Some dignitaries. Yes. <laughs> Which I, I guess maybe maybe because it was in said neighborhood, yeah. that's why they called they could they called Black Belt that's for some help. BB. Yep. Black Belt Jones. Um. So just uh, this this opening fight secret is available on YouTube. I seek. I encourage everyone to seek it out. It's so funny. I love. Uh, there's so many nut shots. <laughs> like that's the thing. Black Belt Jones is not above nut shots. We learned that 
There's got to be a stat because there's at least yeah. 400 of them throughout He's the film. The Bruce Hart of black exploitation films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think Bruce Hart just got a warming feeling in his chest, like someone mentioned me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. On yours, mine, and the truth, we we it's it's in the contract. We have to mention Bruce Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's funny there's a great one the Latin ambassador approves cuts over to him like at Stalk yep. like, hey, mm-hmm. this guy's pretty good this guy knows what he's doing yeah and, I, I enjoyed their Sears catalog pointing yeah, and, and it fa- smiling and it finally finishes with one guy running away and Black Belt our hero ladies and gentlemen Black Belt Jones shoots a man in the back <laughs> or no in, way, in, way in the rear end even in the butt and it's a joke giggity yep. giggity doo it bounces up and down. Ouch, ouch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, I recommend you guys seek that out. Uh, watch it. It's on YouTube. And Black Belt just drives away. <laughs> Gets in his car and drives Yeah, no and no it, payment, no shaking hands. No, like, I'm, but, I'm done what good, I needed to do. I, I, like, I th- at first, I, like, at first, I kind of thought, like, you know, if you're watching this, like, I'm like, are these, uh, are the people making this movie just, like, clueless? But they pay it off with that cop coming in and looking at his car, like, what happened? kind of thing. So I think that, like, they are in on this joke, man. And that's the one thing I think I, I'm noticing more when I watch this, is I think they are in on this as a spoof uh, more than we maybe realized it at the time. Do you know what I mean? Well, and so watching it recently, as, you know, a couple of days ago again, yeah. the whole time I can only just imagine the few writers like just being so happy and giggling the whole time, every line that they've written, it's like, yes. Oh, that's a winner. Yes. That's, that's, yes. that's it. Yes. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one thing about that, pl- the, the police officer coming to look at his car, uh, his mug, it's not a takeout mug. It's just like, it's just a regular old breakfast ceramic mug. Maybe where the- were you? Wait, where this- were you? <laughs> Point I hadn't noticed that. What were the takeout mugs like in the seventies? I don't know. I don't well, know. And he, like, it's at a TV studio too. What was he doing? Good point. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's because so it's because so, uh, mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, mm-hmm. and and you know, with children and watching a lot of children's show, uh, I'm looking at it through my Paw Patrol lens. <laughs> Which is why anyone makes any decisions this way. Because, yeah, yeah. like in Paw Patrol, they always have to call the Paw Patrol when there's just the smallest, minute amount of danger <laughs> or problem. Yeah. Like, oh, I dropped my watermelons, better call the Paw Patrol. Yeah, no, the, just, the grown ups are fucking idiots on that show. Just, just, just clean up your own watermelon, you'd be <laughs> fine. And also, if you don't call dogs to do your work, that's dumb. Yeah, well, uh, what is this place? Is this just like a like a most dangerous game scenario where Ryder? Because that's what I like to blow kids' minds. I'm like, hey, where's Ryder's parents? Yeah, I don't know. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I think they've just like they've just thrown money at him. They've created, hey, go play with these dogs in your in your magical world where there's a mayor and uh, and someone a farmer and you know what I mean. It's it's so, ugh, I don't know, just choices people make in yes. film it's all i'm critiquing now just mm-hmm. wh- why is that a choice that you've made <laughs> okay uh, so, like why did you why did you leave your your car unlocked if you're a police officer to go have a family meal with ceramic mugs <laughs> no you know it was going to take a long time you deserve every minute of the trouble the yep. paperwork of writing up while your windshield is broken i agree 
uh, and so this cuts to the scene where uh, like the this is like the police chief in town. Uh, I have his name here. Police uh, chief. I thought it was more more FBI. Like FBI. Yeah, you're right. Um, is it what was his, what's the character's name? I can't even remember. Anyways, um, so they have to keep they check in with this guy and. There's some there's some pretty good social commentary that I know we weren't noticing uh, when we were kids here about how they need the grant that they need the grant for this uh, karate dojo and uh, the the mafia is still in with like the governor and the senator and things like this. Um, anyways, I, 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 I'm not going to get it right and trying to recollect it, but they introduces the mob having connections to the governor and the senators. It leaves no indication. That he, that's funny. Uh, I love Black Belt leaves no indication that he's in, but it, no. but, it, but as he walks out the door, the chief, he'll, I think he'll do it. He's pretty confident that he's going to no, do he it. Was, no, he was pretty clear. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm no expert in body language or yes. tone. But and, I, and some words that he used, some words yeah, we cannot think, repeat. Although I, I, think, I think we discovered that I can, I can say it. No. Okay. No. We'll uh, still no. Still no. Mm, I think I think you get two in okay. the, the next hour. <laughs> so finally, we are introduced to uh, Don Stefano, who's supposed to be like the Godfather type. This is like two years, like the Godfather, or like a go, a go, <laughs> and aim for, and aim for uh, a Godfather um, theme or, or um, atmosphere. Here is what they're going for, obviously. Uh, I, I'm mentioning all the casting in here and all the great actors. And this was this guy's first film, Mel Novak. Um, I don't love him. I don't love him in this part. Although he made a career out of, uh, oh no, it's Andre Felipe is Don Tavet. Yeah. Mel, no Mel, Mel, Mel Novak. Novak is the, the helmet, helmet hair. Right, right, right. That's Mel Novak. Pardon me. Pardon me. Yeah. God, what a, what a wild looking weirdo he is now, Mel <laughs> Novak. Oh my God. I encourage people to look at, so this Andre Felipe guy. I didn't love him in this part, I thought. But he was still working up until 2004. Um, yeah, it looks like he was uh, like a, um, a TV uh, veteran. Like they did Bonanza, The Wild Wild West, That Girl, Get Smart. Yeah, he, and he had a TV look. Do you know what I mean? He kind of looked like um, Lee Majors or the well, fall guy. At least he didn't have a radio look. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, well said. Um, so we learned that there's a, there's a karate school owned by a black, which is Papa Bird. And then this is this weird slow zoom on, on Stefano while he's like considering it, uh, which is so 70s. And I love this. It cuts to the training in action. Uh, the training's being led by Poppy. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And the way he just cuts off and says, take over, I gotta talk to Pops. It's just like he's just, and then sneaks away behind the curtain. That's what, so here we are introduced to the character of Top, played by uh, Alan Weeks. Um, that was always your favorite scene. Yes. How intense yes. the word, and just, Quincy, you take over. Like, it just does not get out of <laughs> yeah. intensity. Um, so this was a guy who, yeah, again, had a nice, a nice little uh, career. I was on a show called The Baker's Dozen TV series. Had a recurring character there. Uh, I was all the way up until Dallas in 91. Uh, was his last known credit. Uh, still alive, age 67. Uh, hasn't worked in a while, so I wonder. Maybe he's just retired from the industry, but 
I like, I love his performance in this uh, too. He's a great uh, kind of like old reliable, like uh, the boy scout. You can really count on this guy. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so he has to go to the back to talk to Papa Bird, who, as we mentioned, is played by Scatman Carruthers from uh, The Shining. And mm -hmm. uh, Lucy, uh, who is played... Yes. Try, try to do any of the lines without being... Nope, uh... <laughs> nope not a chance. Uh, she has an interesting career, too. I didn't... So Esther Sutherland, again, like a great character, great voice. She was in Nine to Five later. Um, you would recognize, I think uh, you can just tell she's in Foxy Brown. She did a lot of uh, uh, black exploitation back in the day. She was on Kojak, Sanford and Son, uh, The Jeffersons. Uh, I hope she got to put some clothes on. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, I hope she did too. I recommend looking up this scene, you guys. Uh, I was able to... Uh, track down some snippets. So throughout this show, I will be cutting in uh, some of those snippets for those if I haven't been all do doing that already. Um, yeah, she unfortunately passed away at the age of 54 in 1986. But I, I, I really, really uh, great performance from her too. She's over the top, which she should be a great, uh, like she's angry at uh, Papa Bird, Scatman Crothers for, for going out and hoe chasing. Um, not being at, not putting a ring on the finger. It is good. They introduce, I, I, I like the way they introduce his character here. When Going through the, oh. it's okay. I, I, I like the way they introduce his character in this scene because it shows that he, like she says, you don't, he won't put a ring on that, on her finger because he still has this love for Sydney, his, his daughter, right? Who we, we don't really know. So that gives you a bit of a, a tender heart to him even though you can tell he's flawed uh, right? and also he's four times her age yes <laughs> yeah it's true so uh it's really funny like their whole this whole discussion it's really funny the way they shoot this and they're fighting back and forth and it stays entirely on quincy's reaction or not quincy's <laughs> toppy's reaction for the whole thing uh it's really funny um and it cuts to uh so after this scene uh cuts to uh, again some funky guitars and some militant uh, looking gentleman uh, walking into a pool hall. Um, mm. um, do you know the name of this uh, track uh, offhand? Let's see here. It uh, well, it's not at the beach. Uh, <laughs> it, is, is it is it possibly Dragon Style? Maybe, maybe. I, I no, no, I bet I... you Dragon Style's later on with the fight. Anyways, these guys come in. Uh, they're like, yeah, they're meant to look like Black Panthers. This is this is when we are introduced to uh, uh, an interesting uh, 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 side uh, quirk, I guess we'll call it, about Pinky, is that he does not care for communists. Nope. At all. Like, nope. he mentions it a lot. Even in parts where, like, what? Nobody even said anything about <laughs> communism or anything is related it, to communism. But is, isn't that uh, part of the... Uh, the Black Panther, like, I'm sure, like, there's some ideologies, uh, stuff that crosses over, sure. But then it, 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 it continues. <laughs> from, but from, isn't that, like, current talk on some of the uh, more right-wing... Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Big time, right? That's why it's fascinating. Like, really interesting, right, to see. And the things that, that what these guys come in and they're, and they're pissed off at Pinky, oh, well, I mean, God, I, I don't want to skip too far ahead here because we are introduced to another great actor named Eddie Smith who plays Oscar, it, the character oh. of Oscar. Oh, we'll get to Junebug, buddy. Don't you worry. <laughs> or, no, no, Jelly is what Jelly. I was worried we'll about. Jelly. We'll get to Jelly soon. Um, um, 
this guy, my gosh, Eddie Smith. His picture on IMDb is from Black Belt Jones. But Why he wouldn't has, it be? But he had, but he, he sadly passed away in 2005 at age 80. But he was working all the way up until he was in the Nutty Professor. Um, uh, like uh, he was doing stunts there, but he was acting in Steel Big Steel Little. He was in Harlem Nights, The Karate Kid Part Two, Airplane Two. Like this guy was working forever. Uh, um, a real busy guy, and wow. Like, dude, we're gonna have to do a, a subcategory here. I think of like the tertiary characters of who of who are our favorites. Because Oscar is one of my favorites, um, and the way that Eddie Smith plays him is great. You gotta remember, this is an audio only thing. Colin keeps making Sorry. these visual gags with me that make no sense to anybody. So, Oscar. Um, uh, like uh, it's like they call it like they call out Pinky. <laughs> this is good the way he like he realizes these guys aren't fucking around because Oscar's just hanging out in the pool hall. This is Pinky's pool hall, and these guys realize that they, they they're angry, they're swearing, and Oscar's just like, oh shit! Like and calls <laughs> and Pinky calls out, and here we are introduced to Pinky, who is the leader of uh, this kind of gang. Um, I'm, I'm not uh, a very good gang. No, not the best. <laughs> not the best. Although yeah, he does yeah. have some some Bogarts coming in from Frisco later that might improve it. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, um, uh, yeah. So Pinky, this is the guy who is played by an actor called Maylee Carter, who, as I said, just an enigma. Um, he is the standout performance in this film, but he has the shortest. IMDb of anybody, man. I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine credits here. And two of them are from like the last 15 years. He was in a movie. He was a narrator. I remember you talking to me about this back in 2005, a narrator in a movie called, excuse me, I want to make sure I get this right, Pervert! Because <laughs> it's got an Wicked point at the end. <laughs> but the way you said it had a, almost a question mark too. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pervert. just recently, and then just recently, or like recently, uh, comparatively to <laughs> like in 2010, he did a video. He was part of a video short short called "Till Death Do Us Part." And so I'm sure for both of those, he's just discovered by like dweebazoids like us. And like, well, where's Maylee mm -hmm. Carter? How do we find this guy? And they were able to cast him and these or get him to do these things for us. Um, he is awesome he uh has uh, a, a number of killer lines here and as we are introduced to to this guy they they right away they take him down like they're ready for these uh militant gents coming in here he's like hey i don't sell drugs like i i, I just give them to the guys and i don't i don't sell them on the streets like i'm not trying to cause trouble i mean he's a bad dude he's clearly a bad dude but uh anyways he's got his he's got this one guy do we know the name of that of the one guy who's with his gang who kind of looks a bit he's kind of got the bad news uh alan beard and uh bald is that tango off <laughs> with his shotgun and like like really kind of holds down and scares everybody off and everybody uh gets the, the militant guys out of there and then um um uh, i, th I think man. going back going back to the nut shot comment i think he might get the most throughout the film <laughs> you might be right <laughs> um so they they hold um they get this guy down in the pool hall and it's uh pinky says they're going to take out his cavities and this is when we're the best line of another guy named jelly uh in the whole film where he just says 
tell him how the game goes. <laughs> I think that's his only line, isn't it? I think it is his only line in the whole film. And boy, Jelly, played by an actor called Earl Jolly Brown, who again, um, a, like, uh, like a, a smaller uh, credit, but a really recognizable guy. Uh, he was in Live and Let Die also, was in a movie called uh, another... Uh, yeah, I, I believe most of the cast was in Live and Let Die. That's funny, right? Yeah. He was in Beverly Hills Cop as a bar patron, one of his smaller things. Not a huge uh, thing. He did some uh, stunts. Um, yeah, uh, died at the age of 66 in 2006. Earl Jolly Brown is jelly. Uh, he also, spoiler alert, does not make it to the end of this film. He's the, he's the only one, too. <laughs> Maybe the only death. Like he sure, was. Certain death. We don't know yeah. about some of them. I, I, I'm pretty sure he died. Like, yeah, certain death. Like, he dies yeah. for sure. But I don't know. Like, like, there's a couple people at the end there we don't know. Well, it, if we were going for re- realism, yes. uh, the way everyone ended up, they 100% would be dead. All of them. <laughs> yes. But I don't think they did. But we know for sure Jelly is dead. Hundred percent. Right moment that we're gonna get. Yeah. To. <laughs> uh, so he was, all, he, all he was doing was helping his boss with a phone. Yeah. So they. <laughs> so yeah. So this is when uh, like like uh, uh, like they're gonna fix his cavity. So that means if you don't have any teeth, you don't have any cavities. So he's they're about to hit a a, a, a cue ball or a, a pool ball or eight ball or something into this guy's mouth to take out his teeth I don't, like, but uh before that can happen before they can do that uh big tuna uh tuna sorry and blue eyes from don stefano's gang show up at the door they're knocking on the window oscar asks this is a bit of a comical exchange between the two uh and uh you know, um, Mamma Mia! <laughs> that comes later. That was awful. Oh, that's him there. Oh, wait, yeah, that, that's the first Mamma that's, Mia of the uh, the yeah. episode. Um, uh, great. I wanted to mention great costumes here, uh, especially the uh, the bowl cut Mel Novak blue eyes guy here. Really looks like he's out of the the Godfather or Coppola film. Um, uh, yeah. So the two the two come down. They kind of shake down Pinky. They take him to his office into, uh, into behind a behind a uh, a curtain that says private. Yeah, hundred percent. If you're gonna have a private room, you should maybe make the sound a little bit less dampening than than just a, a, a thin sheet, a single yeah. curtain. Everyone knows what you're doing back there, yeah. Pinky. And it's just it's just full of money and safes and, and like like beer. Oh, and, like and no, it was a flat of coke on the chair that he coke? had to move. Oh, yes. I think so. Yeah, so just the one. I got inventory inventory issues at uh, Pinky's billiards. But I I feel like, you know, maybe Pinky needs another room for that. Or like if it's going to be, it's going to be a flashy office for a a head. Yes. Yes. I'd say hire somebody else. Yeah. Because Oscar's not doing his job. Nope. At all. So they, uh, they kind of shake down him. They say he owes them some money and they need this part of town. They want to have access to this whole neighborhood, but they, they, they can't do it, as we mentioned, because of the karate school. City's um, building a new civic center. Yep. Uh, the city's building a new civic center. The city, right? Again, that's like, excuse me, social commentary. Like, uh, can't, trust, uh, can't trust them to look after us. We got to like, find ways to look after ourselves, right? They were lying on a grant. They mentioned that. I think that's important. Um, um, uh, so yeah, so they got to go and get him. But like this guy owes me money. He's like, I've got an IOU. That old fool owes me a, a grand, thousand dollars. Yeah, 
yeah. and they leave and there's a really great kind of cutaway where pinky's like looking around he's like where's that damn iou and he's doing uh, some ineffectual searching too he's just searching. patting down the papers patting things down yes <laughs> he cleans up like my four-year-olds yeah. <laughs> so pinky's boys come by the dojo um <laughs> And they all walk in. They're ready to rough up the place. And here we are introduced to that uh, actor who I'd mentioned before, uh, Eric Lanuvi, uh, who plays uh, Quincy. Um, and this guy, my gosh, wow, what a career. I recommend looking up his uh, Wikipedia page and his IMDb page. Um, he has done everything. He was, he was a, he's directed so much. Most recently, he's done a lot of uh, episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Tommy, Chicago Fire. Uh, he has done an episode of the, the show I do a, a, a podcast for, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, so uh, he's, done, he's, he's just constantly working. Um, and it's really cool to see that he's been doing, he's been directing since the 80s. Uh, he's been acting still. He's been acting all the way up until 2014. He was on Blue Buds and Scrubs. And um, it's uh, this is the guy that is just like, wow. He's been a producer on, on TV series. Um, um, it was so cool to see uh, what became of this actor. He's won uh, uh, Emmys, I believe, uh, as, as far as I know. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, to see that uh, what became of this actor, um, Quincy, who's just the youngest member of the cast. Should have been Pinky. Yeah. So Pinky's guys come in and right away, and this guy's just like the sweetest. He's the sweetest. And he's like, you're going to have to take off your shoes. It's tradition. And of course, what's the first thing Pinky says? Don't start that communist shit. <laughs> And a fight breaks out. We, we all know the commies don't have shoes. Exactly. A fight breaks out. This scene is awesome stuff. Great cutaways. The music is great. Uh, and the school gets the best of Pinky's guys. And they're kind of uh, running away with their tails between their legs. And I don't know. Do you know what they say here? Because I didn't know until I watched yesterday. Uh, I don't know, just the him, him, try him. That's, yes. okay, that's so the that's one you think? Yes, yes. Yeah. So as they're leaving, so I paid, like, you know what I did? I paid $15 for Black Belt Jones yesterday on YouTube. I, I've bought it twice, maybe yeah. even three times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what the, the benefit you have from YouTube is you get the closed captioning on the bottom. Mm, mm, and so mm. it finally said, like, uh, let's give him a him, like H-Y-M-N, right? Uh, and they yeah, say, okay. him, him truck you that's what they say at the end truck you and, the, and like and it's supposed to be the funniest thing and like pinky's just like i will get back to you you damn ants he calls them ants he calls them ants on more than one occasion um i would have i would have enjoyed seeing the uh, the people doing the closed captioning for black belt jones typing typing okay uh, i don't feel good i don't i don't feel good typing this but it's will i get I, to keep my job if i type this I, verbatim right yes, uh yes. okay yes is that with a hard r i can't tell <laughs> maybe it was all a h yes yes made them feel better about themselves yes, nope it was not <laughs> excellent um, <laughs> Um, so this cuts to what I thought was going to be called uh, on the uh, on the on the um, uh, soundtrack trampolines, 
or maybe on the uh, no, beach. This, might be, this is this is definitely at the beach. At the beach, where we see four girls just hanging out at the beach and jumping. It's nice use of slow motion here, just bouncing up and down on a trampoline. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If you're going to have some uh, just throwing out ladies jumping on a trampoline in a 1970s movie, they are, they're too, they're, I can see where you're, where you're going with this. There's too much clothes on, frankly. Or, or they're not as, not as, I think you could have done another round of casting. Maybe look for some ladies a little more well endowed. Well, or just different suits. Yeah. It's like the the, the full the, the one piece suit. It doesn't. Well, you know, there's something like I think there's something because I don't think they ever played up these women as sex objects. They they were always nope. like they were always like they were a, a part of the team. So I think there's something uh, maybe there's something commendable about that. Oh, I have comments about that later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so they're jumping up and down the trampoline. Really great music again, and uh, Black Belt is visibly impressed with their technique. Hmm. Yes. Folded arms and nodding. Yeah. And we hear from a fifth girl up on the on the uh, on the balcony, which is the mansion next to these trampolines. Black Belt telephone, and you know he's maybe if we were to walk to this up these <laughs> steps uh i'd say like a 30 second walk like or like even a solid like just kind of speed uh spring in your step kind of walk 30 seconds how, how fast do you think black belt got up these steps like three seconds at three most seconds. this guy sprints this guy <laughs> sprints hearing well, the phone is for him i think maybe in 1974 every minute was charged for by the phone good company point, in point. california and so. they gouged the fuck out of you man yeah. so get up there black belt especially people of you know although you if know. that was the case then wouldn't you already have that phone dangling down there ready for him to grab it because there's a nice little bit of camera work here where the camera mm -hmm. kind of slowly follows the phone down into jim well, kelly's hand maybe it wasn't chronological maybe that just it all just you know, it was an artistic decision. Yes, good point, good point. It cut back and yeah. he arrived there just. <laughs> yes. Hello? Oh, he wasn't out of breath. He's he Black Belt Jones. Oh, yeah. no. no kidding. <clears throat> so he uh, answers the phone and uh, the, again, this is Toppy talking about this, what happened at the, the pinky coming down to the store. And again, this is entirely on Jim Kelly's reactions. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, uh -huh. Okay. Well, huh? Huh? Well, all right. Uh, okay. Bye. And then it's done. I think, and, uh, they must have just filmed 10 minutes of him talking on the phone. Yes, yes. And just, we'll splice it. We'll fix it in post. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so we cut to uh, 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 Black Belt uh, goes to the city um, to, uh, uh, give them, to give them this grant uh, for the schools. This is where we hear about the, the grant. And uh, Black Belt pulls up. And there's a really sweet little exchange with Quincy here. They establish a nice kind of, um, you know, he's my best buddy though. Like some sort of look up to, uh, like I got a good relationship where they kind of, uh, 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 Black Bell and Quincy kind of shake hands really quickly. Uh, or first they, no, first they do like some cool kind of karate with each other and then, uh, and then shake hands with each other right after they've done karate. You remember when we meet Quincy mm -hmm, and like, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that establishes their kind of relationship uh, really well early there. Um, 
so I like that. And Black Belt goes into the into the school at, at, and Toppy uh, uh, it says, um, uh, don't, uh, it, it tells him not to lock the door behind him. Cause he's like, why not? He's like, you said Pinky's guys are looking for us, right? So you can tell him, Black Belt's already ready for a fight. Like thinking they mm-hmm. might come back. Um, and he's like, uh, and so they go back, they want to talk to Pop about uh, uh, where he is, but he's already snuck out the back. Carruthers, classic, and, classic Papa bird. And, ha- and happens to be the, the scene where I think you based your entire acting career on, where he fights the mannequin. Yes, I that, that written down. Yeah, that, that little, hey, the, the, hey <laughs> mannequin man. What am I going to do? Yeah, You're a mannequin. I, of course I'm going to win this one. Yeah, and I'm... I, if I was to speak at your funeral, that's the only thing I will bring up because that's all I remember you for a hundred percent is just doing that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and they're talking about how he's, he's got a problem. Like he loves these kids and he loves the school um, because he got into that fight too and was back to like leading the school uh, after in that early one. But he, but he's, he's out drinking and gambling too much. Like he owes Pinky a thousand dollars right but i mean that number goes up a little later as well mentioned um <clears throat> so they want to talk with pops but he's he snuck out and they're worried about him so they established that well uh and then cut to nightfall and i will say maybe uh a best or second best scene in the film here they come remember every three seconds okay Hey, Bob, it's open. Let's kick it in anyway. Yeah, and wake up the whole neighborhood, right? Get out of the way, meathead. You other guys stay close. Hey, they must be in the back. Hey, I don't like it, boss. It's dark in here. No shit, nigga. Where you from, Harvard? What's that? God damn it, the next one speaks deals with me. Who the fuck hit me? Batman, motherfucker. I'm getting out. I'm behind you, boss. Me too. Wait, man, wait. Shit, I'm gonna shoot. God damn, I'm gonna shoot. You shot me, boss. Ouch. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it it is hilarious because every time, every time. So this is a complete darkness, and you can only hear those voiceovers. But every time the music hits, we are grant, we are given these quick flashes of Black Belt uh, just kicking ass on these on these unsuspecting thugs, uh, and it gets funnier each time because in one, all of a sudden he's wearing Oscar's hat, just <laughs> doesn't have it for any others. It is mm-hmm. so funny. He's kicking everybody's butt, and they run away and uh and and uh look like fools and then after they run away that music that hits at the very end and the two of them coming out and toppy laughing so hard he is 
just like peeing his pants laughing, silent laughing. But, not but, peeing but his pants, makes, but, but sweating his shirt. He can do sweating his arm. So <laughs> and that's what we would die. I remember that being the thing that we would just, we would watch this, we watched this movie like 20 times and we would always just pee our pants at mm-hmm. the way that his armpits are just soaked with sweat <laughs> for this scene because he has been hiding in there, turning on and off the lights every three seconds. <laughs> And, and apparently the air conditioning is not the best there. Just, or just another another take would have been fine. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I love that they kept it, dude. I love that they kept it. So funny. As I said, maybe the best scene in the off in the in the whole movie. Well, I I know it would have improved it. Yeah. A, a little U two. Yes, as as should be mentioned, we should have been getting to this. Uh, one as we used to cut edit tapes together where we would take our favorite, um, you know, uh, sounds from uh, TV shows and movies. We had a lot of Simpsons references. I think we're going to get to the Simpsons uh, one uh, later on in this show. Um, But we mentioned, uh, uh, we would edit in um, audio from uh, TV and film and whatever into uh, the songs that we were listening to at the time and some we weren't even listening to. And, and we had edited this scene into what was really big at the time, the song from the Batman uh, Forever soundtrack, right? Batman Forever? Forever, yeah. That's yeah. the, uh, yeah. Um, um, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2. And we, and we edited in this, this song perfectly. <laughs> and yep. just the way we, we included some of uh, uh, Coffee's little, little flutes, like, the way we included that i would love like like you had shown me i'm gonna include you you sent me a a a shot of that uh of the um uh the the tape uh track listing and man just seeing that reminded me of all the little things that we threw in there whether it's simpsons or star wars i love that you incorporated uh lando and the betrayal into sabotage and the beastie book no i didn't get to that yes yes um but but we had incorporated this scene into that song at that time. And yeah, that's funny. I'll always, yeah. I still, to this day, when I hear that song, I think of this movie before I yeah. think of Batman Forever. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I can't listen to the song without the quotes going through in the exact times. <laughs> Let, Let the, the dogs loose. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Just awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, so uh, Pinky goes to another bar to find Pop. Um, right away here, uh, when they go to this other bar, we are introduced to a guy. So I remember right after, when I watched this for the first time, I watched this for the first time about like, uh, probably 10 years ago with Kelly and Rick. And I remember we were laughing so hard at seeing that scene again. But when it cuts from that scene, the first shot you see is a guy who looks exactly like Eddie Murphy, kind of getting <laughs> shaken down at a bar. And I remember that made us laugh so hard at how much this guy looked like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> it just cut, and they just kind of move past him because Pinky's gone to this other bar to track down Papa Bird, who's gambling in the back. He throws everybody into the cooler and they go down and they tell with Papa the beer Bird, and the broads with the beer and the broads throw them in the back with the beer and the broads i love the names that the woman gave gives for who's in the back there with pop 
Uh, it's like ice, ice capper or something like that. It's awesome. It's so cool. It just sounds, it just rolls off the tongue. That her performance, that one, this one woman's performance is great. Like she feels like she fits right into this world. Um, uh, uh, so they go back there uh, and shakes down. Pinky tells him he owns some 10 grand. He's like, nah, no, nah, it's a thousand. You, you changed it. Yeah, you changed it. Like he's pretty calm about it. Yeah. And he takes out the other two people and all of a sudden they start beating up on Papa Bird. This guy gives him the old... Two punch, two punch <laughs> murder. It is a two punch murder, and the, just the look on Carruthers' dead, uh, the dead eyes on Scatman Carruthers' face as he falls to the ground. Here, it it has to be seen. Uh, this scene is on YouTube too. I'm going to see if I can find it uh, or find a way to include it here. Um, but I, I should tell you guys to track this down too. Uh, and the way that they figure out that he's dead is by checking like his lower lip for some reason. That's how they find out that he's for a millisecond. Yes, he's dead. Like that's how they tell. Uh, so they've killed Papa Bird. It's crazy. Um, but they want his school. But he says that he tells them this is significant. That they want his school. But he tells them that it's Sydney's. It's not mine. It's Sydney's. So they are under the impression that uh, that some dude, some dude Sydney, they got to track down find this dude Sydney uh but uh so Papa Bird's dead this cuts to his funeral they're playing just a close uh, which if I die before you yes. you make sure to tell the people that need to know All that right. I want gospel music yes. or gospel a gospel choir sung and young kids doing karate, karate. at my over my casket yes. Because it's just a closer walk with thee. Just a closer walk with thee. Grand yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's and people doing karate. The kids doing but karate. Slow karate slow to match karate, the... Like tai Chi. Yeah, because um, it's, it's solemn. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> the chief uh, uh, is checking, uh, asking about the family. Uh, and they hear that, that he had a daughter. Uh, and it's Sydney. Uh, who is played by Gloria Hendry, the stunning Gloria Hendry, still alive, uh, still looks great. Uh, I saw at least uh, from, uh, an interesting uh, uh, interview I saw with her from this. Uh, I mean, the inter inter interview was 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 cool. It wasn't interesting, but that this the, where it was at was an interesting event. Like it was like a tribute for for Jim Kelly or like a, a memorial or something after he had passed away. And she had such great things to say about him and how welcoming and how like. Uh, uh, power, like uh, kind of woman positive the, the set was because she said nobody did karate like women did not do karate uh, at that time and there was a lot of like legit black belts on the set like Jim Kelly's a legit black belt we didn't even get into Jim Kelly and what his career was this guy was a professional mm. athlete before he was uh, like a, a successful in martial arts and and football um, and like again like um, uh, I mean we'll talk a bit more about here but I, I don't want to because I don't want to sell uh, Miss Hendry short here. Um, and she's great in this, in this as well, too. Uh, she's still, as I said, alive and well. Um, she's, uh, you know, she's given some, some lines here that aren't the best that, 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 that we can't say anymore. Definitely mm. can't say anymore. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And it's not, it might be, it's not what you guys might be thinking. Um, uh, but it uh she's still working she's got a she's got a credit coming up for a movie called snow black 2021 um uh and you know uh stomp kid and southern heart or some other shows uh, filming and pre-production this mm -hmm. she's constantly she's still alive and and making film 
Um, and it's cool that like it was really cool to see her talking about the fondness she had for for being on this set. It's been so cool doing this deep dive and 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 seeing what these people think about this uh, experience in this movie. Well, yeah, rewatching it, it actually it's. I mean, still coming from a you know borderline white middle-aged male. Yes. Uh, it, it's it seems pretty yeah like hey w- women can do stuff too right like right right i mean it's clunky all, yeah yeah all the all the lines were you know like mm-hmm. once you do the dishes i mean they yeah. they weren't said in earnest yes 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 yeah so, so yeah. it seemed it uh, it seemed kind of like oh and like not not too terrible right right and and they kind of like laugh at like even this guy who's supposed to be our big hero she's able to kind of show him that he's a chump right yeah um and we'll get to more of that too the way they kind of have their back and forth <laughs> so she arrives at the funeral and she right away she's asking who killed my father and they don't want to get into it and they find out it's a uh, pinky um but before before she heads off from the funeral we cut to pinky at the winery this is a really good memorable uh, scene i can remember um where he is instructed by the um, the people, he's instructed by the people at the winery to only walk on the the right hand <laughs> side of the dawn. Um, uh, and so when the dawn comes out, and like all, like right away, he's reminded, you gotta get on the other side. But there's a sprinkler that that's that's constantly uh, like he has to walk through uh, for this whole conversation. Uh, where Stefano's telling him, like, I'm ha- I gotta get this. I'm having some trouble with this dojo. You better be. You told me you were gonna be able to get it, right? He's like, oh, there's not gonna be any trouble because I have some Bogarts coming in from Frisco. He's like, Bogarts? What are Bogarts? And they are treacherous individuals. We'll say that <laughs> treacherous, treacherous individuals. individuals. Uh, but Pinky said something else, and it's a great scene. <laughs> but the important thing to keep in mind with this scene is he has had to walk to the right of Dawn and his, and his pants are entirely wet. Because this cuts directly to the introduction, uh, like again, one of the, another great scene, is the introduction of the Bogarts, where um, uh, uh, Pinky uh, tells Jelly, uh, the big guy, to come on out and, and meet, the, meet the Bogarts. And it goes one by one. Uh, can you remember some of the names offhand? I remember the last name. I want to get to that. Mar- Marv the Butcher. Marv the Butcher. <laughs> but these handshake, and it's all like, like Jelly's just like, it's like, hey, you guys are cool. It's Brother like, Paris like, Johnson. Brother Paris Johnson. And they are all just there. They are treacherous individuals. They are there to kill. They are there to murder people, probably. Um, and and and, and if, it, if this was if this was uh, Dungeons and Dragons, it also increases Pinky's fighting by like three hundred percent. Yes. Yes, yes. I was going to say it was like... Just being around them. I was just, it's funny you mentioned it. I was going to say it's like there are a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons buddies. Hey, good to meet you. (laughs) You like D&D too? Like, you like murdering young, young karate kids? And they, and they all know the secret handshake. Yes, it was hilarious. But, but one is, one is conspicuous in his absence. And Pinky Mm -hmm. notices this. He says, hey, where's Junebug? And I'm right behind you, Pinky. And and he picks him up and he grabs him. And, and Pinky, for whatever reason, has like perfect form. Like they're like they're doing the lift <laughs> at the end of Dirty Dancing. Look, you, you know that this was like the 20th take. Yes, yes. And Where they're they just messing to, about. Because they needed Junebug to, to touch his pants. Because as he drops him, he's like, hey, your pants is wet. And he's like, ah, let's get out. And they all kind of walk off. And Junebug 
who smells, smells his hands, kind of goes, eh, whatever, and walks out of frame. And here's where I want to talk about Earl Maynard, who plays Junebug. Did you look into this guy at all? Nope. Oh, my gosh. This guy, um, I guess, uh, born and raised in Barbados, I believe. Um, yes. Um, had a, a crazy career as a bodybuilder. And what's the puh in the Palm Network? <laughs> a professional wrestler. Uh, he tagged with Rocky Johnson, won the tag belts uh, for NWA. Also spent it looks like he spent some time in the 60s at stampede wrestling hey. so we have a calgary connection to junebug baby um <laughs> he is still alive and well he's made over 20 appearances as an actor in films um oh, in mandingo yes yes okay again like as i said like i i was trying to do research on uh just the genre as well because i didn't want to do a disservice and um and like talk like in no way am i a an expert on uh on um black exploitation genre but uh you know with our limited experience like that is uh like that that's definitely yeah where, they, uh, where people are talking about how yes it, it was uh recognized as an empowering and like a positive step forward because these are you know black made productions and stuff like that with a black crew and yada 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 but it's still ha it, like they recognize it's problematic because of these stereotypes that even they were presenting their neighborhoods uh, in, in, in a way that did this or presenting stories like uh, such as Mandingo that might kind of glamorize slavery or things like this. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, he works in real estate. Just like another actor, another uh, professional wrestler in a different part of the world who's uh, retired. All of them. Yeah, Tony Gurria. <laughs> do you know Tony Gurria? Former, I do. Also, a, also a tag team expert. Um, uh, yeah, we like to, me and my buddy Johnny like to say, he's, uh, he works at Blue and Red Real Estate because he always wore blue and red tights. That's a Gurria promise. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> It's just weird that wrestlers end up so so like so cool. This guy again, another tertiary character. <laughs> Did, didn't Vader go into real estate too? Uh, sure. Vader went into a lot of stuff before he passed away. Um, uh, R.I.P. Leon. <laughs> uh, uh, so the uh, uh, so yeah. So well, pink. So it's it's important to note that Pinky at the end tells it let's go out for drinks or something right because he take because they leave the billiards yep. the billiards thing this is significant that they're not there because well not not as significant as so he went he went to the the don's house which i'm assuming is a bit of a drive yes. from his pool hall from his neighborhood you're probably yeah. right yep. so uh, didn't wouldn't his pants be a bit Dry by then, maybe Good from point. the, the Good half point. an hour drive. Uh, anyways, um, uh, so Quincy uh, is at the back, come back to the funeral, and Quincy is asked by uh, um, uh, oh, there's a scene here with uh, uh I'm sorry, I should mention uh, uh Hendry and Kelly, who uh, although they are good in their roles, I wouldn't say that they had a lot of chemistry 
as like an on-screen role. I didn't see a lot of like, um, I didn't see a lot of heat between them. Like they're, they're back and forth. Doesn't feel like, uh, you know, Cary Grant and Catherine, Catherine Hepburn as much. Um, so as good as they were, I didn't love their uh, back and forth. Uh, it always felt really uh, kind of forced, especially that he, coming from this, uh, it starts at this funeral. He, he's my best buddy though. Yeah, as I mentioned, I got some Quincy says because uh, that she uh, they tell Quincy to give her a ride home, and he has to give a a nod, and she says, "I don't think he's old enough to drive there." Frankly, apparently is. I think it's funny that he's barefoot for. I think he's barefoot for this entire film. Well, it shows respect. Yes, (laughs) even even outside when you're driving, you should have bare feet. Don't give Uh, me that communist shit. Um, so she hears Pinky's name and her fuse is lit, man. Um, you can tell. Uh, so, but very subtly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, subtly. Good. Um, so, uh, as there, as he's giving Sydney a ride home, she asks about Pinky's place. Um, and they ask if, if, if they can stop by and he's like, I should, she's just let me go in and talk to him. So finally he gives in and she goes in and Oscar here with the two best Oscar lines, <laughs> one right after the other. I found, I found a clip of this. So I'll play that. Who's Pinky? What you wanted for, little mama? I ain't your mama. Now, which one of you is Pinky? Bitch, you better back up before you get your ass whipped. <laughs> so, so I don't have to repeat it? Exactly. Because yeah. it's impossible to not do his voice Without, while you say yeah. it. The best, man. Like, what a cool... Like, this guy This guy dug into this part. And I'm glad he had a, a long and storied... Or still has had a long and storied career. Um, uh... And she starts just kicking ass. Like uh, she realized, oh, she knows karate too. Uh, and, and there's this one guy who we're introduced here who, who she really beats up on at the end who has the best facials. He, if he was a professional wrestler, he's the guy who's selling to the cheap seats, right? Is he the one that always got hit in a certain always area? Always in the groin, always in the yep. groin. And always had yep. a goy yeah. <laughs> It happens more than once. And they, like, Klaus recognized, like, ah, you're my moneymaker. <laughs> face, I got to go back to you, man. You're my, you're my exclamation point at the end of these punchlines. Um, so uh, the, she kicks everybody's ass, uh, uh, everybody's ass. And uh, Pinky comes back with the Bogarts from their, their boozing or whatever they were doing. Uh, or before that, she, she says to tell them, tell them uh, Sydney was here. Uh, and Quincy goes back and tells Black Belt and Toppy about Sydney. Uh, uh, and tells her how bad she was and stuff. That's great. Um, uh, and I like I like their quick little exchange here between Toppy and Coffee, where he ex- it says like you disobeyed an order. Like I love that they <laughs> they they establish all these little micro uh, relationships between everybody. It's good. It's good. This is this is not a bad script. This this uh, story. It's not a great script, but it's not a bad script. It, it, I don't know if we wrote this. Like 3 a.m. in the morning, we would think it's the best thing in the world. Yes, yes. We'd be so proud and of at the, the time, gold. At the time, for like for a black exploitation and a martial arts film, it's a black exploitation and martial arts film that that's ca- kind of cashing in on these two different things. But it's also, I would argue, 
a spoof. I think, I think it knows at times that it's making fun of itself. I think. I, I don't think it knows it all the time. I don't think maybe I don't think it would categorize itself as a spoof, but I think at times it it it, it spoofs itself um, and makes and and just kind of laughs at itself. But anyways, um, so so uh, they come home and they find out that Sydney's abroad, man, as as Oscar reveals uh, with mm-hmm. the, through the Jedi mind trick. It looks like yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so Pinky finds out that she's a girl and then she kicked all of this. You mean a broad did this? So, uh, and then we see Sydney and Black Belt hanging out a bit. Well, uh, you didn't mention that uh, uh, Pinky and the Bogarts come yeah. and uh, with Jelly yeah, come downstairs. Go back to the... Go back to S- the Sydney's abroad. Oh, that's it. And they just leave. No yes. plan. Yes. No they anything. Just they just turn around and leave. Just pure emotion. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> They already know. They're, I mean, that's what that, that meeting was about. They're all on the same wavelength, man. Let's synchronize yeah. our mentalities. That's what he told them. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, let's synchronize our consciousness so they don't even have to talk to each other. That's how he talks yeah. to those Bogarts. Mm-hmm. Or too. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yes, I keep losing my, my place here. So the Bogarts uh, go to the dojo. And uh, who are they looking for? I can't remember what they say, but he says, like, somebody says something and somebody tries to attack Junebug and he says, that ain't the answer. And then somebody tries again. One other <laughs> yeah. I would have, I would have recast that dude. <laughs> he looks like he just woke up and he kind of screams and comes running at, at Junebug and, and Junebug says, that isn't the answer either. And then the Bogarts just uh, raise hell. And Al- along with Jelly, who again Jelly. gets his right in. 400% experience points just being around them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, and he figures out how to use his belly. Like, I think that mm-hmm. was their conversation. One of the Bogarts told him, you know what? I got a technique here for you that I think you should, a man of your girth should consider. Yep. Throw the weight around, as yes. it were. Yes. Um, so they kick their butts and uh, you know, he says, I'm wasting my time on ants. Another great line from uh, Pinky. He now says they owe way more money than they could ever imagine. And explains that they have hospital bills now because they don't have Blue Cross. And uh, they end up, uh, uh, they, owe, they owe like a quarter of a million dollars now. And uh, they end up kidnapping Quincy. They take the kid. Wasting my time on ants. Look at here. See this I owe you from Pop? $41,000 he owes me. Hey, I was going to forget it. Pop being my good friend and all. But no, you guys got it in for me. You sent some bulldag abroad out to break up my place. Look, $124,000 in damages. Another $85,000 in hospital bills. Man, we ain't got no Blue Cross. Go ahead. Add it up. It's $250,000. You're crazy. Hey, I'm going to make it easy on you. Give me the building like Pop promised me for this note. And so that you jackrabbits don't try none of that turning lights on and off stuff. We're going to hold on to your interests. Get that little bunny. And, um... Uh, Toppy sees this and he, he is furious. He says, I'm going to kick his goddamn ass. <laughs> I love that, the, the ferocity in his, his voice. Uh, so this cuts to Black Belt and, uh, and Sydney hanging out. 
and it's when they're they're supposed to be chemistry or whatever that was um and he and tells her that he doesn't want her to join them and he says you just stay home and do the dishes or something that's what you were talking about for mm. and she just takes out a revolver and fires uh, uh fires like probably all six bullets into these dishes and again yep. a, like great reaction from jim kelly <laughs> like he is shocked that she would do this but at the end i would say probably judging from the way he responds i would say at the end he's probably impressed yeah all right I was going to just hang out with the trampoline girls today, but you'll do. (laughs) So um, they discuss the deal. They come up with a deal. Um, This is a pretty, this is a pretty slick deal that uh, that black belt comes up with and how they're going to do this and get the money to them to get Quincy back. Uh, And here we go to what I would say is arguably the uh, uh, other best film in the scene where our boy jelly (laughs) <laughs> Our boy Shelly is a top for the first time. We've established that he's the telephone pole guy yep, here. That's yep. what we established here. When, when Pinky needs to make a phone Let's call. Let's get the most agile of our crew up that telephone the heaviest, pole. The heaviest of the crew has to climb this telephone pole <laughs> and hook up the phone. So it can't be traceable, I guess. And Pinky's on the phone telling them how much money they've got. And he said, you've got 24 hours. And he hangs it up and has the most <laughs> delightful laugh. And then, and then hits us with his the the what would be his Oscar clip if there was any justice in the world, and mm. and, and is what I opened up this podcast with, which is gorgeous, um, so funny, so awesome. Me and uh, our buddy Rick, our old friend Rick, we quote from this every time we see each other. The first thing we say to each other is like, "Good God!" <laughs> We're always so excited to see each other, and we always have to like try to try to channel this energy that that uh, Maylee Carter does here in what is essentially like a, a small like rap that he does. It's so well, good. Let me tell you, uh, on side two of the soundtrack, uh, track six excerpts no really this, it's on there I, i'm i'm pretty sure it's uh because there's don't stop one two dialogue come on in dialogue papa bird turns her out the money pinky <laughs> the money. i, I, that's I awesome. feel like that's gotta be it the money this guy loves money you can take on my groin just give me that coin this is so mm. good man <laughs> so awesome Gosh, Which I think we, I think, I think we just used that line for Black Belt Jones too as well. Yeah, just straight. I don't think we changed anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Oh, so there is. Uh, so where are we now? Um, so phone call to Pinky. Uh, uh, so and from this, it cuts to uh, what is the best transition, the best opening line in the whole film. That reminds me of the film I was discussing, uh, Brain Candy from my last episode like uh, you're you're somewhat familiar with brain candy right call it so somewhat is a good word sure. yeah so there's one scene that starts where they're in the laboratory and the opening line is uh is bruce mccullough's uh, uh female laboratory character just just looking up from a uh, a telescope or microscope saying his urine is great like that's the first <laughs> line and is it the, <laughs> Mr. Jones has something for us. No, no, but this one, it's like, oh. hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. Oh. Oh, Gloria yes. Henry says yes. to Tom, mm. who's the, like the chief of the police, and she's got such love and, and, and presses her hat. He touches the hat on his shoulder. It is so funny. Such a, a funny intro to this scene. Well, they um, met yesterday. Yes, yes. But you can tell it was a, a bonding moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so they learn about the wide bats. Uh, there's... Uh, 
Um, so, oh, oh, so uh, Jones goes and meets with uh, the girls who we learn now are Charlene, Mary, and Pickles. Now, Pickles? Pickles? Pickles, come here. Uh, these are the trampoline this, Mr. girls. Mr. Jones has something for us, which <laughs> I still true. have in my mind every so often. Just, it just pops in. Yep. I don't know why. I feel like she's dubbed too. Anyways. Um, probably right. Yeah. Uh, there's a training montage here. Bum, bum, bum. Does this have a? Is, this could be the like the again the love theme from from. Uh, or from maybe Rachel. maybe this is dragon style. Maybe so. In this training montage, he tells them a couple things like how to jump on a trampoline and put a thing on a on a on a, on a, on a two by four. It's, it's, uh, this is what I what, another one of my. Uh, why why is this a good decision? <laughs> So, so Tom mm -hmm. offered some of his men who I'm guessing already know how to use a camera. Right. Why would you endanger teen you think girls? Tom, you think Tom knows, you think Tom even knows what a trampoline is in night in the seventies. These are hip. These are cool. These are new, right? You gotta be, uh, you know, uh, have your ear to the ground, like be ready to what's, what's happening which Black Bell Jones does, right? So he's able to, to hire these uh, young women who are, are ready to bounce, ready to jump. Um, uh, wouldn't you agree? Don't you think that he knows these women? Like he's gonna be, he's gonna know more hip girls that, who know how to jump better than Tom would? You don't need four trampoline girls and you just need one. No, because they, they all had to grow up and spray the uh, 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 alarm bell once. Each of them did more than once spray the alarm well with a thing that shuts off the alarm, apparently. Okay. okay. Yes. No, it's so funny. This montage, this montage could, be, could have been summed up in, in uh, two sentences. Okay, so you're going to jump up here and put these things on to cover up the, the security cameras. You're going to spray yeah. these things. Here's how a camera works, because that's one part of the montage. Yeah. Here's how a camera works. And the girl is very interested. Yeah. And, oh, oh, now I see. Yes. So, um, uh, yeah. So, the covert ops. It's like with the crew after this training montage. They're all covered in black hoodies. They're back at the Del Orso vineyard. But, but, but it's, it's daylight. You I don't know. need to wear the... No, nope. the... it, looked, it looked hot. <laughs> it looked warm. It did not look comfortable. <laughs> so... So the dinner, uh, 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 meanwhile, uh, the, uh, Stefano's having dinner in his, uh, his winery with the governors way in the back with the, with the barrels. Um, but the trampoline people jump in and they, and they cover up the alarm uh, or the, the camera. The one security camera. Yeah. No, no, not cameras. That's one right. camera. One security camera. Um, and they go in and they steal the money. Um, and here we see but the not, first. But not all the money. Yeah. Just some. Yeah, just enough to, so they can give it back to them. It's not a bad, it's not a bad little plan. Um, anyways, uh, we see the first uh, triple roundhouse from Jim Kelly here. I like that. He does do it again <laughs> later. Um, uh, more great music. Do you know the name of this uh, track offhand? Yeah, I'm just going to say it's Dragon Style again because I don't know. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's Battle Theme. Maybe Battle Battle Theme. theme. Yeah. Black Belt goes in and steals the bread, as I said, the others, uh, and they cut the car's power so they can't follow them. 
Um, there's a really uh, just awful double take from Don Stefano when he's looking at the camera. Uh, Mamma Mia! And, and a reveal of that Mamma Mia line, like maybe the worst line read in the whole film. Um, uh, no, no. Mr. Jones has something for us. For us you're right. You're right. <laughs> Um, so, and we, it's funny, there's a guy in a purple shirt who has a broken nose who shows up on two different occasions just to get his <laughs> See, ass kicked. Yeah, but no, so, so going back to the t-shirts, yeah. the Del Orso Vineyard t-shirts, yeah. not all the, the thugs uh-huh. or security have the shirts on. I know, just a select few. It's, I have a feeling like they went, all right, so we, we've only got eight <laughs> shirts. Okay, and, and eight actors. Okay, uh, Nick from accounting, get, out, get in there, pretend to get hit. Uh, yeah, Jim from this from HR, just go in, just quickly, HR. just go in, <laughs> just fall over. Early seventies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there's one guy who shows up in a suit later. Like, fuck, I'm not supposed to fight. We need one more guy to get his ass kicked. <laughs> um, guys, I just handled the paychecks. Come on. <laughs> so uh, they get out of there. Uh, um, uh, the the last guy convulses a bit. That always made me laugh. He's got a couple, so he's got like probably some permanent spinal damage, maybe. <laughs> um, and black belt uh, with the elevator. Oh yeah, this is a funny scene. There's a quick little. He does a quick little karate move with the elevator here before he pushes the button. So unnecessary, but I love that he does. This is who his character is in this movie. Um, and they go on to make the switch using the Don's money with, uh, to get Quincy back. And the first thing Pinky asks him when they come in to go find him, he's like, you come for your little commie friend, huh? <laughs> come for your little commie, huh? He and hated like, taking off his shoes or just yeah, the idea. Yeah. Oh my God, didn't not let that go. Um, uh, so the, there's a gun on Quincy and they have, all of uh, Pinky's goons are just beating up on Black Belt because if he fights back, they're going to shoot Quincy. Uh, the one, one gun of the whole crew. Yeah. That's yeah. all they have. Yeah. But hey, worked, all, the, all they needed for, for what they needed in this uh, at the time. If, if they thought it was only Jonesy coming, then they, they had it covered. But Sydney came to save the day. Cause as we know, she can kick ass. Uh, there's a, I thought there's really interesting use of slow mo here with the music. I wonder what the music is here. It didn't seem like there was a need for the slow-mo here, but I like it. And I like that the music, I love that it kind of plays that old kind of 70s trippy. Like coffee's just kind of messing around a bit here, right? And I feel like Klaus is like, sure, I'll throw in a little bit of slow-mo. You know what I mean? You know what, I'm sure that this might could be battle theme as well. Um, well, dude going through the windows, totally dragon style. Yeah. <laughs> and they end up, so... Um, uh, and then Black Belt starts fighting back and it goes on to a, a really good fight scene on a train because they're in the train track and they go into a train that's just on the, just not moving, but it's cool because they're all kind of fight and it gives them a, an excuse to throw each of them out the window. Um, and the last guy that uh, uh, gets beat up is the, uh, that bad news brown looking gentleman who, again, a little, a few more convulsions. <laughs> like, it feels like he's having a spell or an episode. <laughs> like, uh, uh, are are you okay? Yes. Is everything everything okay there? Yeah. Anyway, so there's a, a great. Uh, I'm so happy that I found this scene on on YouTube where they make a call to Big Tuna and Don Stefano and they hang it up. Hello, Emilio. Come on, Seva. Listen to me. Listen. Today they'll give you some money. Look at it. They'll give you back your own money. No, no, no. I owe the Don a favor. Okay, bye. Hey, hey, let's go to McDonald's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. Hey, hey. Do your goof, McDonald's. 
they're off to McDonald's. That's exciting. Hey, McDonald's. <laughs> Toppy with a nice little addition at the end on the way up. Such a funny scene. So much joy. See, that's what I mean. Like, they were having, so, I think you can tell they're having so much fun on this set, man. Um, I'm pretty sure we said it that way every time we chose to go to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, there was a McDonald's next to our high school. Yeah. <laughs> we think we did start to say it that way. Uh, so it cuts back to Pinky's place and he's uh, giving them back their money. Um, here's where I remember uh, most overt racism uh, with the Italian guy and the way he talks towards Pinky here in the pool scene. Um, yeah, like it talks about, like he uses the term eight ball among some other things. Uh, but he's a bad guy. I mean, we established that like Pinky's a bad guy, but here's the next level of bad guy is Whitey, bro. Um, uh, explains why he explains he was set up, and it's a little too easy the way the way they kind of oh, oh, I guess we made mm, a mistake. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So and from there and they actually he actually does get the in a, in a kind of bad usage of reverse uh, where they play the the film back the 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 pool ball goes into Pinky's mouth here so he gets the Which, cavities. Did did we not use utilize this scene too when we were filming in, our sequel? <laughs> that, yes, uh, the director video sequel that never saw the light of day and I hope it never does. Yeah, uh, we yep. might have. We might have. Um. Uh. So, yeah as i said most uh jones so it cut, this cuts back to jones and sydney on the beach and this is where i thought it was there's lots of flutes here i love the flutes and this is the love theme from 100%. black belt jones the love theme from black belt jones i, I was able to find out that, that or thing. or mr jones and sydney ruined everyone's day at the beach yes exactly so they the two of them have an an insane exchange the two of them have an insane and, and it is, it is not an, an, an exchange, a conversation two normal people should have. Yes, Mr. Jones. I know what I've got. If you want it, you got to take it. Take it? I could do that. But I don't need no woman that badly. What's the matter, you faggot? Hey. Why, you hen house? My cookie would kill you. I'm going to make you sweat. One way. Come on. And then the other. <laughs> uh, and she slaps him hard twice. <laughs> and, but this, I guess at the turn, this was foreplay. Because this turns into an extended uh, kind of playful chasing and it's too Play, playful is not not it's, a word it, but it's but yes it's it's too long it, it goes on forever it, it like the, here's what i think because so, there's a scene involving like a hippie playing a guitar that they end up smashing yep. when they're kind of playing around and no remorse no remorse that they ruin this hippie's Those, guitar this ho these horn dogs just ruin this yep. guy it's the only thing he had but then they go on to a, to a bunch of kids playing uh, around like sandcastles and a guy with balloons and and jones just keeps popping all this guy's balloons and they've and the other thing too is love jones or the love theme black belt jones ends about a three quarters into this montage <laughs> And they start up a completely new song. <laughs> so I think they should have picked either either pick the hippie or the balloon guy, not both. And you could have fit it all into just the the song there, because it felt a little bit like a hat on a hat afterwards. Anyways, they end up in a tent, and which again ruin another set another, of people's day. Two two naked people enjoying some some fine consensual intercourse on the beach. 
uh, sand. I know. Doesn't work right. Reminds me of uh, Patrice O'Neill. You know this comedian, uh, the late great Patrice O'Neill. He was uh, he was crass as fuck. He used to write for WWE. Uh, he was amazing. He was a he was a god. He was awesome, man. But he had a, a term that he called a sexual term called the chicken cutlet. And that's when you're having <laughs> sex on a beach and you pull out and you land in the sand and you just put it back in. Awful. It's awful. I was thinking you were going to go like the Hayden Christensen way. It's just (laughs) sad. It gets everywhere. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to do a prequels uh, episode here at some point um, of this show, but we, but we, we're not, we're not there now. We're still in the seventies, baby. Um, So as I said, too long, uh, but they end up uh, consummating and uh, some cars show up. I, I, I won't lie. I'm pretty sure. Just from this scene and then the following uh, fight scene there. Yeah. I usually shut this movie off before. I know. I, I seem to remember like we did kind of cut it off before this last scene, even though this last fight scene is hilarious and is a standout and very unique because this is kind of we're heading into the home stretches. This is the third act for sure. Um, they have a kind of super cliche post-coital walk on the beach that again is totally not necessary. She didn't um, slap him at all. Nope. <laughs> Come on. I thought you guys liked each other. <laughs> Uh, so the cars, uh, some cars show up to Black Belt's place, and they got to get out of there because they're. <laughs> we, Jelly's we've got Jelly's, you surrounded. Yeah, because they're on a phone because Jelly's climbed up the phone pole again. You're hooked up. Very, very, very important <laughs> information. Uh, so he's up the, on the pole, and and Black Belt, uh, 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 they they got to get out of there. So they run out the door. And, and uh, it's an important oh, piece of information. No, that, no time for underpants. No time for <laughs> underpants. Andrew has not put on an underwear yet. Uh, it doesn't really come up again. One part, it comes up. Um, uh, so they're running out the door, and then the black belt steals a car from some white surfer dudes. He's like, you cats believe in nonviolence? Don't say anything when I take your car. I kind of like that. That was pretty badass. Yeah. But one thing about it is they, they said he has them surrounded with their two cars I know. parked on the road. I, I, I think what they meant is he doesn't have a way out of there because he doesn't have a car. So he had to steal that car, right? Eh? I, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> he, like, better, he, better call the Paw Patrol. Case <laughs> is on the case. They, they, he, speeds past, he speeds past them in their stolen vehicle. Uh, and they all freak out, and they all start chasing after him. This leads to this car chase scene, but uh, Pinky freaks out and, and tells him that that's it, drive, drive, drive. But meanwhile, he is still attached to to he is still attached to our beloved Jelly. He is still attached to him as they drive away. And uh, number one, first of all, Jelly is electrocuted and then mm-hmm. falls falls to his death. But the yeah. only death in this in this film that we know. Oh. Of. Uh, well, other than other Papa than Papa Bird. Bird, of course. How can I forget? So, uh, so a, re- a good car chase scene. Uh, track name? Any ideas? I doubt the nope. Music here is good. Anyways, uh, back but like she's still holding onto her panties while she's kind of firing their gun at him, and he takes her panties and says, "You don't need these," and throws them out the window. You don't need these. It lands up on the windshield of Pinky's car, and Pinky is not impressed. You mean to tell me he threw his panties at us? 
and they're red, right? Communism. Communism. Shoes, now underpants. Dirty commies. Yeah, but red, red underwear. Um, So uh, the car chasing was good. Um, (laughs) The quick, where he convinces a guy who's who's painting the wall that they're trying to rape a sister behind him as a little off color, uh, but in 2020 lens, but it was funny. Uh, the way that the that kind of he's got he's going to convince people to join him in their fight against the bad dudes. What well, I, I believe the the painter guy was Caucasian, was he yes, not? Still, it's just a weird thing to just hey, they're trying to rape a sister in there. Well, all he could do is drop some paint. Hashtag me too. That'll show him. Hashtag me too. Yes. So that this chase scene ends up at a combination. Uh, truck depot slash car wash, uh, garbage truck depot, garbage truck mm. depot, and the place where they wash the garbage trucks because they they their car gets stuck in the in the car wash part and they're trapped in there and and Black Belt Jones decides well you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna cause a little chaos here if we're trapped here I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna smash I'm gonna break a two by four off and smash the controls to this car wash so there are just nonstop suds happening for this final. Uh, fight against everybody who's tracked them all down. They are just covered in bubbles. So this is again why I say, like, and that's a that's a choice, man. That's a choice. <laughs> For a final it's so scene. hard. To, there's uh, only there's only one fight scene I dislike more than yeah, this one. Yeah, is the, is? the the thunderball, the underwater uh, yes. like eight hour fight scene because yes. everyone's so slow underwater. It's the worst. Yeah. So this is silly, but it's just like. Um, one by one, Jonesy gets them all uh, and uh, throws them into a. Uh, 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 they throw the main title theme re- re- returns here, so that's fine. Uh, and they throw them into uh, the, one by one. Sydney throws them into the garbage truck. The bodies into the garb truck. Garbage truck. There's one. There's a, an extended slow mo against the blue eyes guys. Old bowl cut. I don't know if that was necessary. It's really stretched out, but he really sells those punches, though. Hey. Mm. Mm-hmm. flopping around like a wet fish um it's the hair yeah. his hair moves yeah <laughs> it's a super comedic. secret weakness it's just super comedic from this point on i just wrote down so many bubbles it's <laughs> <laughs> just every character one by one uh and we see the triple roundhouse one more time uh junebug gets hit with a triple roundhouse here uh pinky gets dragged into the truck Big Tuna is one of the last thrown in there, and when and when she pushes the button, it looks like his leg is like shattered, like broken. And oops, <laughs> whoopsie Daisy! I just shattered a man's leg for fun, for kicks. Um, um. So there's a funny one. Last little funny little uh, uh, a period to the sentence is they're kind of kicking around the foam looking for bodies. That made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> Who else can we murder? <laughs> yep. And so, if I, and, it, and it ends with uh, Pinky kind of screaming on the way out. He mentions that he's from New Orleans, and there's a police escort uh, taking this, uh, uh, taking the, uh, following them to the, to I guess the county prison. <laughs> and as the, as the, as the credits roll, and uh, we, are, that's the end of uh, Black Belt Jones. Um, so, so nothing was resolved. No, I mean, well, I mean, I think, hey, the, the, the karate, the dojo is safe. Pinky from the pinky sure but not from uh, don stefano good point good point you can't beat city hall that's nope. the theme of black bell jones baby did they get the grant no that's real. well who knows right i think it's just an ongoing fight man 
Um, <laughs> that's good. That's funny. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, they don't really tie up that loose end, do they? That's what I really would have liked to have seen like a new spanky, you know, paint job, brand spanking new paint job. And they got the grant uh, on the thing uh, at the school at the end and maybe see them, uh, you know, maybe, maybe new, new glass on the front door. Yeah. Since yeah. The old smash. Yep. Maybe Quincy's been promoted to a uh, sensei. You know, things like this. Well, I think Toppy would be sensitive. I think Toppy takes over Papa's uh, role in the back. Eh? Well, he... Well, but when, when you're working in the back, I think you're still expected to teach the classes. Uh, occasionally, you, you, if you haven't be. You, you haven't taught a class in weeks. Well, he's... <laughs> He's got he's to balance the budget now, though, too. But I think he's taken on a few more responsibilities. I think at least Quincy, he's the one who's taken that. Like, uh, he'd be the one telling, like, the next uh, underlings to take over. I got to talk to Toppy. <laughs> right? Makes sure. yeah. uh, so that's it. That's that. That's uh, Black Belt Jones. Um, uh, any... Uh, final thoughts about like what you thought about how we saw it then and like how you've uh, this kind of revisit and how you feel about it. Hey, back. Just asking, yeah. Any final thoughts uh, from you about how we saw it back then and how you view it now? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm sure there's, when we were watching it, there was a bit of, laughing at it rather know, than know, laughing with it yeah and that's i mean that's our our ignorance at the time right and uh things like that and also just not being familiar with what this genre was um mm -hmm. and, and you know i'm still learning about what this genre uh, meant to that community and and where this where this fit in into it right like this is not obviously not the same um level of importance of something like shaft uh, no. or, or, um, you know, I don't well, even a, know. It's a bit more lighthearted than yeah. a lot of the other ones. I don't even which I know. I think is what, why we missed it. Yeah. Like, you know, watching chefs, like, yeah, it's fine. But it has, but it's much more heavy handed and yeah. Like, Oh, this, this means something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we can't laugh at this. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, uh, like was, I, I think he's Jim Kelly, um, like, well, at the end here was probably his still most memorable role was was still his work in Enter the Dragon. Um, well, for most people. Yeah. But I mean, for us, I, in terms of black exploitation, I think Three the Hard Way uh, might have even more of a bigger uh, reputation than, than this one does. Uh, although this, man, every time I go back and check in on this film, which I do, like, it'll be like, what, every three or four years, go to see, like, what's the word? Um, this is the most I've dug into it, obviously. I feel mm. like it has more of an audience more and more. Like, I've seen some other, some other dorky white boys, believe it or not, have talked about this film as well. Um, <laughs> they should re-release it with a new tagline yes. for dorky white boys. <laughs> the number ranked number one uh, black exploitation film by dorky white boys. And a half! And a half! That's a useful uh -huh. Your head yeah. little pops up in the corner. Yeah. I'll have a little cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's hilarious, man. It's so funny and it's so fun. And you're right. Like the third guy. Like I think. Look, I think it's just like okay. And then we're gonna. You can imagine this this um production meeting with Weintraub and uh, and Klaus and everybody. Uh, the producer, uh, and it's like, ah, you just throw in a big, memorable uh, fight scene at the end, and you got him. That's good enough. Like, uh, full, 
where hasn't there been a karate fight? Yeah, mm, yeah. Car wash? Good. Well, wait, <laughs> Let's do garbage. it. Garbage. Wait, wait, wait. Garbage <laughs> truck car wash. <laughs> no one's ever heard of those. Uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, so aside from that but even with that that's still a memorable scene and that's a memorable like i think within uh black exploitation i think you like people say hey here's a here's another like a funny martial arts uh version of this film uh or of this genre where uh somebody you know did something goofy and silly uh, and so that as as you know as i do agree that it doesn't it loses steam in that third act a lot like brain candy oddly enough um but but, but not the wrong guy. Yeah, but not the wrong guy, baby. 100%. Great <laughs> to the finish. Um, uh, I, I still think it's uh, it's a standout, and I think I, I, I'm happy that it it it, it still, as I said, when I go back and look at things, that it it shows up on. I, I see more and more appreciation, and it feels like the Wikipedia page gets a little bigger every time I go back to it, just by like a sentence or two. You know what I mean? And that's what I wanted to talk about here quickly uh, with this with this deep dive and looking at what what kind of um, recognition it's got. It has on the AFI and the catalog AFI.com site. It has a listing, um, which not every movie ever made does. <clears throat> but it was, you know, it was Warner Brothers, so why not? Hmm. Um, it's funny here, it's listed as 85 or 87 minutes. So I wonder if there's a different cut. We have, maybe there's an extra minute and a half of this film we've never seen, Colin. <laughs> I, I hope it's, it's an undubbed version. Yeah. Right. Where it's just, yeah, it's just big tuna with this, with this real deep voice <laughs> that is unintelligible. Or maybe it's just another minute and a half of the chase scene on the beach. Of the, oh, like, cr- or, they or they, with- yeah, they probably like beat up a child on the way there. <laughs> So anyways, it mentions everything here, but what I wanted to like say, like amongst the other things, uh, uh, it mentions the daily variety, had a news item reporting the film had completed at this date, but it says critical reception was mostly negative. Um, February 9th, 1974 from the LA Examiner, uh, Hollywood Reporter, however, Hollywood Reporter Review lauded uh, Gloria Hendry's uh, uh, performance. But the 19, uh, or pardon me, 1974, January 21st edition of Daily Variety Review praised Maylee Carter's imposing screen presence, which he had, which who should have been, like, if, if anything from this, like, I'm so happy to see uh, the success stories that came out of this film, because this was the first film for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and to a first film is like in a starring role for 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 Jim Kelly, um, first uh, film for that 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 uh, uh, artist who I mentioned earlier, uh, Eric Lanuvi. I wish I I hope I could pronounce his name better. Who went on to, to so much and everybody else and uh, you know Earl Maynard. But uh, Maylee Carter, if if there is one thing i would like to come out of this film i want more people to know who maylee carter is and and the actor maylee carter from black belt jones because he uh he's a revelation of this film he is the um the the act the the person who i feel really deserved better and if there's something that we can get out of this revisit i hope that we can uh, uh open some eyes uh to this person and I'd like to know if they're still around. I'd like to know if they're still um, acting or still wanting to perform or what is their you know, life. It was probably, you know, hit the top, first go, 
don't need to do anymore. I, I believe it. it. I believe it. It's I good. I, I wish it was that simple. Um, but yeah, really, really cool uh, to go back and watch it. I'm glad I got to talk about it with you. I can tell you I, we have mutual friends who are so excited for this, for this episode, bud. Um, but before we sign off, as a guest on Yours, Mine, and the Truth, you know you have a responsibility before, unless you have any other uh, last thoughts about uh, our final passing, parting thoughts here about uh, the oh. film we just discussed. Uh, maybe just a, a small bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my uh, many purchases of this film, my, my first VHS copy of this, now resides, at least I think it still resides, with, the, uh, uh, with Ben and Bill Clippard, of uh, Canadian Idol fame. <laughs> awesome. I love he, it. He, uh, we watched it at their house once because mm-hmm. I, I think it was just like a, a litmus test for am I going to be friends with you or not? Cool. Here's, here's how we have to do it. <laughs> and he liked it so much that he, like, he needed to keep it. And it's his now. Well, that's great. And he, hey. said, well, and, and he, he kept it and he said, well, here, let me give you a, a demo of our band, like a demo CD of our band. Okay. A fine trade. A fine trade. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, but okay. So that's great. That's awesome. I like that. Because uh, we all have, we had such an attachment to this, this film. We, it's so fun to go back to it, man. I, I love it. I'm happy. I to think have, we, I'm happy to have spent money on it. We, um, we probably rented it. Yeah. As many times as we watched it yeah. from the Rogers video. Yep. 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 We watched like, it. We could have bought it 40 times. Over, I know. But, I know. I know. Uh, but that leads us to, uh, as we do with every guest, oh, yes, on yours, yes. mine, and the truth. Uh, I know you have some experience with Extreme because you knew me at the time when I was loving this man. You had the was, shrine in your bedroom. I had the shrine in my bedroom. Uh, you knew about that wall. You saw that wall. Uh, so, Colin Lau, what are mm. your top five Extreme songs? Well, I guess uh, number one has to be. No, uh, no, no! Wait, wait, wait! We're oh, gonna go. Oh. We're gonna go back. Oh, five. Well, okay. De- well, it depends now. Okay. Because there's there's one there's a set of set of three songs. Okay. Is that considered one song, or uh, is it considered three different ones? You're talking about everything under the sun. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Technically, I mean, techn- I I I ranked uh, Rise and Shine. I picked Rise and Shine as the one that I think has has aged better. But I think the whole thing, sure. If you want to call everything under the sun, uh, one song. Okay. That's, that's okay with me. Then that's 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 one. Okay. All right. Good. Good thing I made my list a little bigger. Then. Good. Hang on. Now I got to count better. Math. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so uh, more than words didn't make it to the top five why? because it feel it felt. Uh, every, it's it's going to be the one everyone picks, right? Sure. Everyone knows. It. But there's and a like, reason why it, why it was as big as it was. Yeah. Me and my sister do a mean rendition on all the. Uh, the you know yeah uh singing video games and stuff awesome. we, we didn't we didn't do too bad we didn't awesome. do too bad i like it i like it but uh i, I did enjoy it unconditionally more because hmm. i would think that uh because that was their most current album yeah and until um until uh, there was a new one that came out more recently right but at the time at of yeah hey you gotta listen to extreme now oh okay uh, yes. and that was their I one album that, that came out yeah. Yeah. It was 95, 95, which is, that yeah. works exactly right. So that one, like, I don't have the, what's, what's the one on the second album? The uh, Graffiti, Corner. Corner Graffiti? graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whole Heart? I never, yeah, I never did get it. Hmm. I only okay, have the, never, I, only, I only had the two, the, 
three sides the green of one story. and yeah and 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 waiting for the punchline okay yeah 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 okay so we've so what have we established so far i don't know <laughs> we've got everything under the sun is maybe oh, number no. five unconditionally no, no. unconditionally we'll put that one in number five then okay okay uh, uh, Midnight Express. That was the the, uh, the, the acoustic. Yeah, but like that was an instrumental one yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah. That's a, and then uh, let's do Hip Today. Yeah, because yeah. that one gets stuck in my head all the time, yeah. even now. Yeah, it's that's still... Nora's, Nora's favorite from that. That the Angry album. Boy, you're picking a lot from the Angry album, buddy. To turns out, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's. Hey, I, I've been home with my three children for three months. You've, you've asked me today, well, it's going to be those. Uh, and then I guess uh, number two would be the, the little compilation, maybe three songs, but maybe one song. Okay, sure. Yeah, everything under the sun. Yeah. And then uh, number one, only because of our good tape, yeah. is No Respect. No Respect. The hardest song in the extreme catalog. Wow, a heavy punchline uh, uh, list. Uh, but I guess you weren't as familiar with, uh, those were the two that, that, that I was really into at that time. Um, cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. Eight. Oh, hello. It's all, right. it's all right. Yeah. Perfect. I stopped at a good, a good spot there. Um, uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, dude. Hey, it's, no problem. It's so great to uh, 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 get caught up and uh, to, to see your face again. You look great. Say it. You mentioned. Yeah, I do. You mentioned your sister. <laughs> you mentioned your sister. Say hi to your sister for me. Say hi to your. Say hi to your wife. Say hi to your kids. Tell them. Uh, oh. Uh, when you're, you come to Calgary, what's up? Your sister was actually supposed to come today to pick up shirts. Oh yeah, this guy. Oh yeah, that's great. My sister is going to pick up. Has yeah. had twins just like you, and so you. Th this guy, this guy, Colin, man. Again, as I said, great wrestling fan, a great artist, and he's put together these great tag team shirts for twin kids <laughs> that are the best of different design of like vintage WWF tag teams. It's so cool, man. Uh, you're the best. It's great to catch up. I will uh, uh, forward you the e-transfer, the, the e I guess. Although, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. You had, you had mentioned that you were gonna come on, on my show and apologize for that one snowy day when I oh, had yeah, yeah, drive yeah. your ass home and, and, and because I got- I, uh, I just really didn't want to sleep over. No. <laughs> And we and I got my, my my family's van stuck in the Calgary snow, and I guess we had to. It took them forever to get out of there, and yep. so um, you know that was a, pay, a bit of a pain in the ass. So maybe that was, was worth. Maybe that was maybe we call it even. Are we good? Well, I haven't asked you for this money since, so I guess so. <laughs> Colin Lau, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Thanks again, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good.
there you have it. A surprising finish here. A, a punchline-heavy top five from our friend Colin Lau. After we completed our discussion on the film Black Belt Jones, which, as we said, we had a little bit of apprehension about talking about it now, especially from our point of points of view. But I'm really glad we did. And I'm really glad uh, that I got to learn more about these artists who were involved in this film. And I'm, I love that there's a Calgary connection that's so cool. And, you know, it... it I, I, I would say to you that it deserves a second look. Or it deserves a first look if you've never seen it. Uh, Black Belt Jones, um, directed by uh, Robert Klaus, starring Jim Kelly, uh, Gloria Hendry, and the amazing Malik Carter, who, where are you, bud? Where are you? We want to find you. Um, But as I said uh, earlier on here, there's a lot going on in the world today, and you might be thinking about ways that uh, you can help. Um, And because I know I have been thinking about ways you can help with about the way things are happening in the world right now. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways um and there can it can be confusing but i can give you some names right now that i know that if you give to them then they are doing good things um i'm gonna go down the list here right now starting with unicorn riot national bailout color of change education fund campaign zero advancement project the national police accountability accountability project the marshall project reclaim the block black visions collective Black Lives Matter Global Network, NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. And uh, finally, here in, in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, the Hogan's Alley Society. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, if I have this platform right now, uh, I don't care if I'm reaching six of you or 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 six thousand i think i said that before but I'm, i i think i have a responsibility to do it especially if i'm uh you know talking about a, a text like i just did um uh from my point of view and from my experience um uh so uh, i hope you enjoyed it I I uh, I hope you seek this movie out, and not just for shits and giggles. But there are a lot of shits and giggles in this movie. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a real. Uh, it was a, a key part of my childhood, and I'm, and I hope that yeah that it's something that that you might think uh, about watching one day. Black Belt Jones, yeah. So you might be thinking right now, what's coming next week? And to that I will tell you, we are returning to the genre that started off this podcast, and that is pop music. Uh, more specifically, this time around, we are going to be looking at Canadian rock. And more specifically, we are going to be looking at the Canadian rock of the mid-90s. And five bands in particular that I was listening to when I was in theater school in Red Deer, Alberta, which has a great theater school, as we will talk about, um, with... A friend that I was in theater school with who I haven't spoken with in, it's been at least 20 years. And the big deal here is, goodness gracious, we are having the first woman on Yours, Mine, and the Truth. I'm really excited to bring to uh, the show next week 
Uh, Lisa Spencer Cook, uh, really talented uh, actor and a really, really great person who I've really connected with uh, recently again. And I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to be talking about because it was from a period of our lives that was... It was a period, that's for sure. And uh, I'm excited for you guys to join us. Uh, once again, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at WCTSS. Uh, yeah, uh, if you have any thoughts about the show, you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you download your podcast, wherever you're listening right now. Uh, but leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. That'd be nice. And uh, say some good things about us. Until then, I uh, will see you guys in a week or so when we uh, return to pop music. Uh, have a good week. Bye.